Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinnerbaits, buzzbaits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Feather and Fur segment on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. Join me, Brad Hurlebus, as we sit around the campfire with this week's special guest to talk hunting, dogs, traditions, and all things outdoors. Hello, podcast world. Welcome back to the third episode of Feather and Fur. Tonight, we have a special guest, Chase McCullough, and we're going to talk duck hunting, outdoors, and pretty much his transition from archery into the waterfowl world. So we're going to bring him in just right away. Mr. Chase, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's going to be a good chance. And and, uh, tell me a little bit about myself. Yeah. So it's going to be a good show. We're going to talk touch base on some archery hunting because kind of where you got your start in hunting. We'll work into waterfowl and we'll talk about bringing the youth into the sport and everything else. So let's let's just get started with what we got. What where did you get your start in hunting? Was it family? Was it self taught? Yeah, I um, I've I remember hunting and being around hunters and hunting probably I'd say since I was like very little. Like I remember being at my dad's when my when I was at my dad's and we'd go to um, kind of a family friend and they would always be like butchering deer during deer season. Um, and they had a big cooler. It was on a farm. So we'd be butchering deer out in the, out in the, uh, on the barn and, uh, they'd be frying up venison. And, uh, that's like some of my earliest memories. And then at that same farm, I remember like shooting my first dove with a BB gun out there. Uh, I had a little bit of, I had an older buddy. His name was uh, Joey and he was probably like six or seven years older than me, but he would always let me, uh, trounce around with them out on the farm and we'd shoot squirrels and doves and stuff like that. So that was kind of like my, my first intro to hunting. Just, I was pretty much around it my, my whole life. And then uh, when I got a little older, my grandpa introduced archery to me. I started shooting a bow. Uh, I think he got me my first bow. Maybe my stepdad got me my first like real bow, a compound bow. My dad bought me like a little recurve, the, those little red recurves. I don't remember what they were, but I'm sure you've seen them around just oh, a, yeah. a red recurve bow. Shot at a target. I used to shoot that quite a bit. And then my grandpa would always be doing stuff uh, with his archery equipment around the house. He shot in his backyard. And it's like every time I was over there, he was out shooting his bow. He let me shoot with him. So it's kind of how I got into archery. And then he took me bow hunting for the first time when I was 12. And uh, I took some awful shots at some deer. I remember I remember, that. <laughs> like when I was 12, I was just like flinging arrows all over the woods. But, I mean, that's kind of how you learn, you know. Right. I think the excitement got me a little bit. I, I knew I could shoot a little bit when I was 12, but I think I thought I could shoot a little bit better or something. I don't know. 
a little like, overconfident. I, first deer I shot it, I don't even, my grandpa's like, well, how far away was it? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> so he's like, okay, here's the, see that tree right there. You're not going to shoot anything past that tree. I was like, okay, fair enough. And then I ended up, uh, I actually, the first deer I ever shot at, I wounded. And that was the last deer I ever wounded um, with a bow, with archery equipment. I just started shooting quite a bit at that point. Well, that's actually pretty impressive to wound one. So what was that at 12? I've been lucky. Yeah, that was at 12 years old, uh, 12 or 13. That was one of my first like two or three years, I would say. Um, I would go out and we'd go hunting pretty often. And I think I just hit it high up in the spine and never did find the arrow, never did find the deer. There's a little bit of blood, but not much. Tracked it for a couple hours and kind of dried up. But then I, I've really limited my shots since then. Like I've never shot a deer over. Uh, I've drawn on a couple at 40, but kind of decided to let them walk. And and I shoot at this point in my life, I shoot a lot. Like I shoot all summer long, all winter, shoot spots, um, shoot field archery. So that's targets out to 80 yards, you know. Um, so I'm confident that I could actually take an animal at that distance, but I'd rather, I'd rather get them in close if I'm going to shoot at a, a deer. With, uh, with my bow. I mean, that's kind of the thing with archery is to get them close, that adrenaline rush. I mean, and there's a lot, there's a big difference, 40 yards in the woods between 80 yards even on the range or even 40 yards on the range. Yeah. Yep, I a mean, lot to go around. Yep. You don't have those little twigs that you might not see. I mean, there's quite a bit. I mean, 40 yards, I would not feel comfortable at 40 yards with my compound bow. No, I don't shoot that much. Um, I prefer to go chase birds, so I don't put as much time into archery as I used to. But even when I was as gung-ho as I've ever been in archery, 40 yards like that was maybe into a cornfield. Yeah. That, at this point, at this point in my life, that's probably about the only, that's about the farthest I'd shoot a deer in a cornfield feeding. Sure. Um, in fact, my, my, uh, my site that I run on my, my uh, hunting setup, it's a two pin slider. So it's got two pins, it's got a 20 and a 30, and then I can slide to longer distances if I need to, but, I've never had to move it. So, um, I mean, like the one time I drew, I, I actually, I was probably shooting more pins then, but since I've gotten the site, I haven't, uh, haven't even drawn on a deer over, over 30 yards. I mean, it's, I mean, everybody gets a different challenge out of it, right? Yeah. Uh, I prefer if I'm going to be deer hunting, I want them close. Like yep. I want to, I, I don't want to be able to smell them, but I want to be able to smell them. You know what I mean? Like I want to be close. I want, I want that excitement of that deer to be right there. Like, where I'm like, how do I get my bow into position? Like, I can't move. Like, he's staring yeah. at me. Like, I want all of that tra like drama in that moment to be uh, compounded by him at 15 yards rather than 40 yards. Yeah, I, I completely agree, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the fun of it. Like, that's where you see him in their element during bow season. Um, and I, I gun hunted as well. In fact, the first deer I ever shot was a – really nice 10 pointer we had in a heavy mounted and I was just hunting some public land and it just happened to run by my stand. It got kicked out of somewhere and ran right up to me. And I, I remember, I remember shooting this nice, this nice buck in the night before we were, we were at the bars there with my stepdad and his friend. It's like an uncle family friend. And we signed up for the big buck contest. I'm like, what is that? And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, the next day I have a really nice 10 pointer come in. And shoot it, and and uh, at twelve or thirteen, I think you have to had to be within like shouting distance, if I remember right. Sounds right. I shot the deer, and I yelled to my stepdad. Probably, I don't know. He's probably 60, 70 yards away. He's like, "I just won the big buck contest." <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. Um, I didn't end up winning it. I think I, I took like third or second or something. But it was a really nice deer. It's still on the wall today, so it's uh, pretty cool. That's awesome. So did you take that back to the farm then and butcher it at the farm? Uh, that we didn't. We did that in the garage. So at that point, uh, uh, I don't know if that family sold the farm. We just didn't hang out there quite as much as when I was like five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, I think everyone, all the kids and stuff, like the kid that I used to play with there, he was older. He was like in high school at that point. I was still in middle school. So sure. but, uh, we, uh, we did that one. I think we did that one in the garage, if I remember right, because we had to look up how to cape it out and everything, and um, it was it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience for that. That was my first deer I ever took with uh, with a gun. Nice the first I ever took. Period. Oh, very nice. And what were you shooting? I mean, at twelve, thirteen, what were you shooting for a gun? 
I was shooting a 308. In fact, right. I still shoot it today. Yeah, it's the same gun I still shoot today. So very nice. Was that a um, hand me down? Is there family traditions there? It was a savage. It wasn't a hand me down. It was just a 308. I don't know if it was a youth model or not. I was a bigger kid when I was like 12, 13 years old. I didn't grow since then, basically, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was I was probably like five eight. So it was a it was a just a, I think it was just a regular rifle that uh that I used iron sights. Um, I didn't put a scope on it until probably, I don't know, five or six years later. All right. Yeah. Very nice. I mean, I mean it's kind of cool. I mean, you still are using the same gun. I mean, that just brings with a lot of traditions with it. I mean, year after year of mm -hmm. being in the woods during firearm season, carrying the same gun with the family. Yep. Yep. It's pretty cool. Now, I haven't, uh, I haven't, see, the last time I gun hunted, I shot a doe, which was probably three or four years ago. Okay. Last two years. Well, last year I didn't, uh, I didn't gun hunt cause we had a baby and she was like several weeks old. And then the year before that, my dad and I went duck hunting during the gun opener. This year I went duck hunting during the gun opener. So you kind of see where my life has changed here in the last like five or six years. I've gone from a pretty diehard bow hunter. I did a ton of bow hunting. I drive four hours, five hours every weekend just to get out in the woods and bow hunt to um, just waterfall hunting almost strictly. Like I didn't even bow hunt this year one time. Last year I bow hunted one day, bow hunted the opener last year. Uh, well, this past season I did not bow hunt. So two seasons ago I bow hunted the opener. The year before that I did more bow hunting. The year before that I did more bow hunting. Sure. It's really so kind of changed. It's been this transition into waterfall hunting. And have you done that transition like with your dad and your grandpa? Or have they kind of stayed in the archery and you've taken this on under your own or? Uh, it was just my dad and I. So um, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Somewhere in Wisconsin. I haven't really mentioned it yet, but it's just a, a little uh, YouTube channel. I started just my dad and I getting out. And it it kind of started as like a, just an outdoorsy-ish channel. Sure. Um, I do a couple how-tos. I do I did some string building, uh, archery string building on there. Um, did some arrow building stuff on there. And I realized I kind of like doing that. So then I started like filming all of our hunts and stuff, all of our waterfall hunts. And I have a couple deer hunts on there. Uh, nothing, nothing really in the last two years, probably. Um, but yeah, so I just started, my dad's like, let's go duck hunting. So I guess about eight years ago, my dad was like, let's go duck hunting. And I was like, all right, fine, we'll go. So we went out for the opener. It was just chaos. Uh, it was the first time he was out in a long time. He used to do a lot of duck hunting with my grandpa when he was uh, a kid. And that was still when there was like either the 9 a.m. or the noon opener. I don't remember which one it was. So it was probably like eight, eight years ago, 10 years ago, something like sure. that. And we went out and we get there and there's just, there's people everywhere. And we just end up finding this little hole in the woods. Didn't shoot a duck for two days. We were out there for two days, didn't shoot a duck. And of course, the whole time I'm out there, I'm just, I'm thinking about bow hunting at that point. I'm like, why am I not bow hunting right now? It's like 35 degrees out. I should be in a bow stand somewhere. And the next year, I think we went out like twice that year. I think we went out closing weekend of that season as well. And we shot, I think, maybe one mallard in two days. And then the next year, we went out like three times. And every time I went, every time, every single time I went duck hunting, I'd be thinking about deer and, and, and being in a tree stand. So then like by the third or fourth year, um, we, we probably would go about three times, four times, but we had a really, really good hunt in December. It was actually closing weekend. So the Mississippi River used to close after the Southern Zone down here in Wisconsin. But we would go out for like the last weekend, even though the zone was open a couple more days. And we shot a lot of mallards. We shot, I think I shot my limit two of the three days out there. My dad shot a limit like two days out there. And that hooked me on waterfall like that day knowing out like our last day it was like you couldn't even see hardly above the trees and you'd hear the ducks fly over and they just drop right in on top of you and it was it was pretty cool and that's the moment that i remember that sticks out in my head where it's like okay now i see why people like waterfall hunting so much um that whole season i was still thinking about bow hunting pretty much every time i hunted then the next year it was like about 50 50. I'd, I'd be in the tree stand bow hunting and I'd be like, here, ducks fly over. I'm like, oh, I should be duck hunting right now. <laughs> All of a sudden, it switched on me. So every time I was bow hunting, I was thinking about ducks. And every time I was duck hunting, I wasn't really thinking about bow hunting anymore. And then it's just that it's kind of teetered over the last, like, you know, five years. It's gone from 
I, I don't even, I didn't even think about going out bow hunting last year. I just wanted to go shoot ducks. So, and geese. I mean, we got into geese too a couple of years ago. That's another uh, empty checkbook. <laughs> I, see, I started um, on ducks and geese. Um, we okay. were we were renting a farmhouse. We rented a farmhouse right after high school. So, as you can imagine, it was a party house. I mean, we had keggers and pig roasts, and it was pretty awesome. But the back part, we had I had permission to hunt that land, and the back corner was designated wetland. So you had all the ducks and geese from a local lake drop into this field that had no pressure. And I'd never hunted before anything. No one yeah. in my family hunted. So I'm like, let's go get a hunter safety and figure this out. I talked to my roommate. He's like, all right. So we, the first time we ever, I ever hunted anything was geese and we stood in the tree line and we pass shot them. Okay. Like, all right. That was kind of cool. Well, now let's, then we jumped on YouTube and I bought videos like the old Sean Stahl videos at the time. Like, I don't remember what they were uh, he wasn't with RT yet, even. I don't remember what he, they even called those videos. But um, so I started watching like different duck and geese hunting videos. And this is before a ton was on YouTube, even. So I'm watching, I'm like buying $20 movies just to like figure out what they're doing at this point. And we, I buy the crappiest dozen silhouettes you'd ever seen. Like they're brown and black. Like I could have made them better out of cardboard myself. <laughs> and we go back and I shove them in that wet ground and we hunker tight in the, in the reeds. And that was the first time we had geese cup up. And yeah. Everything changed after that. We were yeah. buying full bodies. We were buying layout lines. We were watching how much we pressure the field to make sure we didn't overpressure the field. We started scouting. We started getting permission on other fields and everything just spiraled downhill till at one point, I had enclosed trailer with like five dozen full bodies and four layout lines. And if you didn't have permission to drive in, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had a few of those. Not this year, though. It was kind of cold enough, and it was a fairly dry fall this year. But yeah, Since then, oh, yeah. I've really tamed my setup back. Um, now my field strut's just a handful of silhouettes and a couple of dozen shells and just one layout line for myself. Everybody else can worry about themselves nowadays. Um, yeah. It, it just got to be a lot, especially when you're mainly solo, but like you hunt a lot with your dad and it looks like from some of the pictures I've seen, you've got a pretty solid crew that you go with. Yeah. So we started, um, my dad and I did a lot of duck hunting. So that first like couple of years we were in a duck hunt, I just, I started buying decoys and stuff and that got expensive, but it's not terrible. Goose hunting takes it to another level, to be quite honest. Although with duck hunting, you kind of need a boat and a canoe and a kayak and all that sort of stuff. But um, we 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 start with the duck decoys, and then you know it's like this is after my addiction to waterfall kind of started, right? So sure. at that point, I was pretty much not over bow hunting, but if I had to pick, I would pick goose hunting. And I ended up getting permission on a couple fields within ten minutes of my house. So I'm like, okay, that's perfect. So now I have somewhere to go and sit if I need to sit. And there's always a lot of geese in the area. And just being an outdoorsman, I kind of knew where the geese were and where they sat just because I would kind of pay attention to it when I started right. into it. But I wasn't goose hunting. Like I wanted to goose hunt for probably four years before I actually started goose hunting because I just couldn't afford to start. Uh, it was just, it was, it was expensive. So I think well, what's, my year what's, I had, half a, what's half a dozen full bodies this day, probably 200 right. bucks, yeah, about 200 bucks. And I only own a dozen and a half of those, but sure um yeah so i uh i bought i think probably a dozen shells my first purchase was probably a dozen shells and the first hunt we went out maybe a half dozen full bodies i bet i think i bought six six tangle free full bodies and a half and a dozen shells and me and my dad and my buddy uh were at the field we bow hunted on so we were like well like, let's try to goose hunt this field there's a lot of geese around it's, it's right on lake michigan so it's a good spot and we go out there and there actually have a video on, on YouTube, but it was like my first goose hunt. I think we shot one or two geese that night, but we were laying out in uh, just burlap and, and our, uh, we just had our blind bags under our head. Well, then the next day I borrowed some blinds from a buddy and we shot a goose or two. And then that winter I bought layout blinds and then I bought, then now I'm up to like 10 dozen dive bombs, which are still and I got 18 full bodies and my garage is packed all fall, fall long. And uh, I bought panel blinds and, and it's just like, okay, I think I'm good now. I'm good for a couple of years. I'm, I'm all set up. My dad's like, we need a trailer. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't. Everything fits in the back of my truck. 
It, it's oh, funny. I had, truck. I had to buy a truck <laughs> because I had to put everything in there and I had to drive in the fields, right? So I bought yeah. a truck in May. It's like, come on. <laughs> it, it just spirals downhill. But it's funny to hear so many people start the same way because the first time I ever had geese commit was that same farm field. There was an old, red, rusted out, old, old baler out there. So okay. it was December, right towards the end, but it was a warmer day with just a little bit of snow. And I had got a dozen um, shells for Christmas. So I threw the dozen shells out there. I threw a, those that dozen crappy silhouettes out there. I threw on a red sweatshirt over my coveralls and I sat <laughs> against this thing. And we had geese literally, like we called it, I called Adam because I'd been practicing calling a lot at that point. And I wasn't great, but I was enough to do a couple clucks in that. And they locked up from well past the tree lines and they committed like feet down. And that it was over. Like it was done. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, someone just opened the floodgates. Cause that's when everything changed. Cause the layup lines, the full, like everything started at, cause, and I still have a very special place in my heart for geese. Cause they just react differently to a call. Like you, like, yeah. like they come from a distance and my, like I've seen, like I'm not the greatest duck caller and I've seen people work flocks of ducks but they just don't seem to respond to me personally the way geese do. Like it's right. like you can talk to a goose and have a conversation. Yeah. I feel like there's certain times of year that ducks are like that, but you got to get them fresh from Canada. I feel like, like that's when, and that's out on the river. Um, we can turn them and, and get them cupped up to come in. But it's only like when that you can tell they're fresh ducks they are just different. Like they're just the way they react to the calls and the way they turn when you hit them with a call too. So, yeah, I know what you mean about the geese for sure. It's cool how they – you can almost always turn a goose. They might not always land and come in, but you can almost always turn them. And if you can't turn them, they at least honk back a few times. Like where they're like, hey, like I don't like what you're saying. Right. <laughs> like they, they, they at least respond always in some way. They either honk back at you or they turn like you said. And I mean, them late-season birds are hard to commit. I mean, they, yeah. they get a ton of pressure as well. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and uh, well, I've had my best luck on just bad weather days uh, for geese. For geese, that is. Um, like we've we've shot the last two years in the snow. We've shot, I don't know, I think I shot three or four limits just in the snow. Like we get a snowstorm, we go out and sit. And the, the geese just do different things in the snow. They're hungry, late season birds, yeah. Sure. So, get, that good, get that good cover set up and – as long as you can keep the snow off the decoys. Yeah. And the silhouettes, it's not as hard to do that. Sure. Um, but, you know, I like the last snow hunt of the year. It's actually the most recent video on my YouTube channel. Um, all I put out were the silhouettes and a few shells because it was snowing pretty hard. Wet snow it was even sticking to the sides of the silhouettes. Um, and we had a huge group of like 300 probably plus birds commit and just come on land right on top of us. It was pretty cool. Very nice. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I mean, that is awesome. Like when you get all them birds. Oh, yeah. How yeah. many guys were you hunting with? How many guys do you have in the field? My dad and I, my buddy, whose field, this is the guy I went with the first time that we went out goose hunting, gave an attempt in that same field we bow hunt a lot. He had to go plow snow, so he couldn't go. He had to cancel. And my normal crew, um, one of them was working. The other one couldn't go. And uh, it was kind of a last-second deal. So I was just my dad and I, just the two of us. We went out, like we decided we were going to hunt at like 11 and we were, we were getting set up by like one kind of a situation. That's awesome. So that late afternoon snowstorm hunt. Yep. Yep. It started snowing. I'm like, we should go hunting like right now. And he's like, all right, I'll meet you there. Well, my buddy, I'm going to use on his way out. And then he got called in cause it started snowing down there too. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good hunt, fun hunt. I wish we had more guys cause I could have shot a few more geese that day. And even if we were there earlier, they were landing in our decoys when we were parking our trucks. We had two groups come and land in our decoys. So we were actually like probably 40 minutes late, I would say. Sure. Yeah. And that was towards the end of the season? That was uh, like the second to last day or third to last day. Maybe it was like we got some snow in early January, so it was right around then, like probably around the New Year. So that was the late season then? It might have even been New Year. Yeah, it might have even been New Year's. Might have been New Year's Day or the day after. I can't remember. Very but nice. Was, during Lake Goose, yeah. How was your season then? How was your duck season? It was good. Um, so you mentioned earlier that we had a good crew. And uh, I met a guy last year. 
Um, and he hunts the same areas as, as my dad and I, that we hunt, like we probably saw each other in fields and stuff. We're asking permission on the same field. So we decided just to kind of start hunting together and, and, uh, acquire as many properties, not acquire. We like, we don't pay for all, any of them, but we, we get permission on them and sure. we have, we have quite a few fields, um, around where we live that we can hunt. We almost always have birds to hunt. And if we don't have birds to hunt in a field, we have birds that we can try to traffic. Right. Uh, so, so we had a really good year locally. Um, started with teal season. We did a, I did a lot of scouting for early teal season. And uh, I think we shot, so on the teal opener, we shot 20 birds between five of us. But my dad's gun wasn't working. So it's basically like four guys were hunting. His gun kept jamming. He used mine and shot a couple birds. But I shot a quick limit. My buddy next to me shot a quick limit. And then the other two guys shot uh, four and five, I think, each. And my dad shot one or two. Very nice. Uh, and, and then we had our second teal hunt, which was on a Saturday. Nobody was in the marsh. Nobody. And we shot a three-man that day. Wow. And then, yeah, of, that was of teal. So we shot 18 that day. That was a fun hunt. That's on my YouTube channel. Both of those are on my YouTube channel, actually. Some of my favorite two hunts of the year. Um, and then we had a couple good goose hunts early season. And, I mean, we had like a, a nine-man hunt, nine-man limit of, of geese. We had – actually, we had two nine-man limits back-to-back -back days in the same field. I think we got a picture of that one right here. Yeah, I think that was – which one was that? I think that was our first or second day. So we had a nine-man there, and then we had the next day we shot a nine-man. And actually, the night before um, this hunt right here, the Friday night before my buddy calls me after work and says, or actually Thursday night we were scouting. We were scouting this field right here, and we saw a bunch of wood ducks working another field. And I think I sent that picture of wood ducks to you too, possibly. You did. I'll throw that up real quick. Yeah. You can see and whoever's in the center right now is holding at least one wood duck in their hand. Yeah, we shot two that day in this field. But in another field pretty close to here, we ended up shooting – I think we shot nine wood ducks in like 12 minutes, something crazy like that. And we were just standing in a cornfield. They, they were coming into the corn. Yeah, that's it. We shot those in like nine or 10 minutes. That's crazy. Um, and they were, decoying. they were decoying right 10 yards in front of us. And unfortunately, I had my GoPro. I didn't actually film this hunt because my GoPro was on like time-lapse mode or something. And it was just taking really fast pictures the whole time. So it was kind of a ruined hunt as far as that's concerned. But it was a really, really fun hunt. I actually forget about it a lot because I didn't make a video on it. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So that weekend we shot these, a three-man of tea, or of wood ducks. We had four guys. So we shot three of our four limits. And then the next day we shot a nine-man of geese. And the day after that we shot a nine-man of geese. Of so, all the years I field hunted, wood ducks in a cornfield is, not on my, is nothing I've done. So I – mean, <laughs> us either until this field it was crazy there were so many wood ducks and i have a little footage video footage from the night before scouting the field they were just flying all over there had to be like a hundred plus wood ducks just working this field and landing in it and uh, everything well it turns out another field i have permission on I, we were there one night and as we're picking up our goose spread there's wood ducks coming everywhere like 75 probably we're working this field so the next weekend we go out into that field and we shoot seven wood ducks in two minutes. I swear it was like right as legal shooting time started. All the birds came at once because the wood ducks come really, really early. I'm sure you know that you, you know, you agreed. And they came right at first, like first shooting. In fact, we had like 20 land behind us about two minutes early. Then they got up and flew around. And then it was like bang, 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 for like two minutes. And we shot seven. We could have, I mean, we should have shot, there's four guys there. We should have shot our 12, but I think I shot two. My dad shot three. My buddy Tom shot two or three. And then his buddy shot one or two, I think. He was a new hunter, so he didn't really know what the heck was going on. <laughs> right. He's like, all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, block <laughs> shooting, can't figure out how to pick a bird. Head, no way was his head down. There's no way his head was down to see that many birds coming in. Yeah, and well, I mean, neither. We were just like kneeling in our blinds. It was still pretty dark out when it started just because it was really dark early season for some reason. It was a cloudy day maybe. I don't remember, but it was pretty dark out yet. Like I couldn't make a video on that one because the footage was all like dark. It was pretty It was pretty sure. black, yeah. That was another fun one. So that was a – that was all right around our house there where we shot all those geese. So most of our field hunts on the YouTube channel are all local hunts. And then all of our water hunts, um, public land water hunts were in the boat. Typically that is out on the Mississippi. 
Um, our teal hunts are local. They're in. I, I live in southeast Wisconsin. All right. Oh, what are you running for a boat? We just got a little uh, thirty horse Johnson and a sixteen forty eight. All right. And then we got a fourteen footer that we use not that often, but if it's a shallow marsh, we'll use it. Sure. A little eight horse on it. That was our like our second boat. Um, so when we went teal hunting, we actually took both our boats out because I took uh, the guys that uh, I did a lot of hunting with this year, the field hunting, the guys around here had a lot of fields and stuff. I took them out teal hunting. So we just took both our boats out. My dad took one. I took the other one. And uh, we camped out in the marsh overnight to make sure we got our spot, which I scouted, I think, three times. And here's an interesting thing about teal. You know this about teal, but first time I scouted it, there weren't that many there. There was maybe a half dozen that I saw in the spot was about two weeks before the opener and the weekend before the opener, there was probably a hundred. And then I scouted it midweek before the opener and it was like, okay, it's loaded. There was probably a thousand in there and uh, there was a lot of boats around and not a lot of people did great that weekend, but we shot, we shot, I think we shot good. Our group of like, there was me, our group of five and then Max and his buddy, they shot, uh, I think they shot like eight or nine and then we had another group of three and they shot another like 10 or 11. So we did pretty good as a group. We kind of shared Intel on the marsh and all kind of start, decided where we we're going to sit and sure. hunt. kind of able to lock a little larger area down because you could spread out and kind of set up how you wanted to before other people got in there. Yeah. And the thing with our spot too, is these big mud motors, they couldn't get in there. Uh, the marsh was down so low. So it was a lot of work to get back to where we actually sat it was probably at least a quarter mile through muck and mud. My dad's 65. He was a trooper. I, I mean, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And uh, he had to haul the dog stand. We had a sled. We pulled some stuff back in there with. But, I mean, it was like – it wasn't muddy, really. It was a solid bottom, but it was so weedy that you had to pick your feet up real high. Got it. Quite a long walk to get them, to get them out of the weeds and stuff. Got it. But that it was, was one thing of everywhere I duck hunted this year – nowhere had a solid bottom like i like this was the year of like you weren't waiting for me like every spot i scouted that was like just like a, gonna be a great spot or was a good spot it was like endless muck bottom it's like i don't know two feet of water and just infinity of mud yeah where you're like up to your waders right and water yeah, it's yeah. only it's only this much water yeah and then now you, hunt to, you hunt out of that little like layout setup right I hunt out of a new canoe pursuit now. So it's based, it's a one man skiff, not a skiff. It's a one man kayak, but I have a layout blind on it. And you have so a mud motor on it? I do run a mud motor as well. Yeah, that thing looks fun. It is fun. I mean, it, it's it got its pros and its cons. I can't take as many decoys. Yeah. I can get into smaller water where I don't necessarily need more decoys. Okay. Um, it hides. A lot? What was that? You use it to scout a lot too? No, only because duck hunting isn't a huge passion of mine anymore. Okay. Um, I have used it for scouting. I will. I have. I got out of duck hunting side, no one to duck hunt with. And if you do duck hunting alone by yourself long enough, it gets old. Yeah. Like picking up decoys, all the scouting by yourself. Yeah. All the work. But and I love upland hunting, so it's like, am I going to go do all the work for duck hunting, or am I going to grab my dog, drive two hours, and go chase grouse? I'm going up two hours away to chase corrals. Okay, cool. Um, but I will scout more this year as I have more people that are interested in hunting with me and that are also willing to scout other areas. That's so it's the, not yeah, that's the key is like, that's, what's cool about the guys that I started hunting with this year, Tom and my buddy, AJ. And then my dad, he kind of scouts out where he lives, which is about 45 minutes from me. So he kind of hits his area up and we have permission on a few fields out over there. And then, Tom and AJ have spots that they scout and then I scout around my house. So it's like, we always kind of have a good idea of what the birds are doing. You know, we each go scout for 30, 40 minutes and it's probably three hours of scouting because we're all out doing it, you know? Right. Yeah. And it saves wear and tear on your truck. It saves the cost. I mean, it just re reduces expenses when you have more people in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's nice is like, it is a pretty, it's a pretty even like split as far as like, none of us feel like we're working harder than the other guy or, um, so it's kind of nice. I, I like it a lot, you know, having just a, a crew around you that, you know, can kind of work together. Otherwise you're fighting over fields and trying to beat people there. And it's just, it's not worth it really. Cause then it's, it's more stressful than it is fun. I agree that, or you're putting in all the work yourself and 
start doing field hunts by yourself, that really gets old fast. I've done that before where it's like, I don't even want to set more than two dozen decoys. Cause yeah. especially this was back when we had a two bird goose limit. Like it's and yeah. like in regular season. It's like, I am not going to go out and set three dozen full bodies by myself to shoot two the birds. first two birds that come in. Yeah. And you could double on them and be done in two minutes. It's like, right. yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of when I got more into the upland hunting was just, just out of the fact it was easy and I hunt alone a lot, just me and the dog. So, but now with the kayak, the kayaks kind of made me want to duck hunt more just cause it's such a fun little setup. It's so easy to hide. I can pull into the shallowest and tiniest little reed bed. And as long as it's more than, as long as the grass is more than six inches tall off the water, I'm legal because I have such low gunnels. Oh, is that the rule? You don't have to be a certain height above the gunnel? They have, or, to, be, they have uh, to be as high as the gunnel. As high as the gunnel, I got you. And on one side of the boat, because that used to be really weird in Wisconsin, where it had to be 50% concealment on something, something. It used to be really weird. And now it's just, it's simpler. It has to, I believe it, the law is it has to be as high as the gunnels on one side of the boat. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, if you can get into spots like that, and because you can hunt where guys can't hunt. Exactly. You know, you, you just guys can't get in there. So right. you, get to, you get to sit in those spots. And I have, and I can use the mud motor to run longer distances. But the great thing is my kayak paddles so well. If I want to just toss it in the side of the road, and if I, even if it's a half mile paddle, I mean, it paddles so well, I can strip the motor off, run ultra lightweight. And if I have to drag it or launch from a dike or anything, I can't. It's super that's simple. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. It looks like an intriguing setup for it, sure. Oh, I think I saw some videos and stuff you posted in the Facebook group a while back, maybe. Yeah, because you have your own Facebook group. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, Max and I, we have a uh, Facebook group called Midwest Waterfall Flyway. And it's just a waterfall group. And uh, we just try to share waterfall experiences in there, hunts. Um, sometimes we'll post some tip videos. This hat right here is Midwest Waterfall Flyway hat. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we just started it because I have a – the YouTube channel is called Somewhere in Wisconsin. So I kind of wanted to expand my – I feel like it's limiting. Like no one's going to want to wear a hat that says Somewhere in Wisconsin unless you're you're living in Wisconsin or you have some sort of tie to Wisconsin. Sure. Like my Minnesota buddies aren't going to wear a Somewhere in Wisconsin hat, and they're my buddies. <laughs> right, right. So if I'm going to ever like sell sweatshirts or hats or anything like that with the channel, uh, so I started the Facebook group just to try to um, – expand that reach and, and get more people um, in there and, and, and just kind of like, uh, I don't like a lot of the Facebook groups because they get very negative. A lot of times they can. So I just try to keep that out of the group and just run the group as, as clean as possible, just in case, you know, we got kids in there or something like that. But, so yeah, that's, that's kind of why I started that Midwest waterfall flyway page. I will definitely say it is a very cleanly run group. You don't allow a spam. I mean, even from like as simple as like just people dropping links to here, watch my video. Like you want an explanation yeah. behind it. Like, like I, even myself, I rarely will. I'll post some videos in there. If it's like a really good video or I thought it was a really good hunt. Um, more often than not, I'll share pictures in there or I'll just show, share like some authentic content. That's just like for Facebook where I upload it to Facebook and I'll post it in there. Um, but I try not to to spam it with with YouTube videos or like a lot of times you get business pages trying to post in there. We kind of we don't let any of that happen. Um, so we kind of we kind of keep that stuff out of there. Now, like let's say for example, if you wanted to post, you said you you're with New Canoe now, correct? Right? Say you like you really like a product, you know we would let you like tag a post with uh, regarding New Canoe in there, like my my awesome New Canoe. And then it gets tagged, but it's got to be from like your personal account. Type of right, thing. right. You're not allowing businesses to post. You would allow me to post a picture of my setup and say, I'm just love, I'm killing it out of my new canoe pursuit, which gives new canoe some recognition, but it's also focused on not new canoe specifically. It's me and my hunt, not me just throwing, here's all my sponsors. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's true of too. Like we had a, we had a giveaway in there this year that someone gave away a goose call. So we said, you know, since you're willing to give away a goose call, feel free to post a couple times, tag your business in the post, you know, post whatever you want, but we'll approve it just because you, you let us give away a call in the group kind of situation. So, sure. yeah, so we started that. And then the YouTube channel, you know, that started as 
did a little bow hunting in there, did some DIY stuff. I build all my own bow strings, do all my own bow work. So uh, there's a little bit of bow, bow like archery tuning videos in there. Those have done really well. Um, and then mostly waterfall. I did a lot of waterfall this year. I think I put out like 20 videos this year. On YouTube. So, yeah. And I mean, I hunted a whole lot more than that. And I try not to put out a lot of my duds. Um, you know, if I get skunked or something, some guys do it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't like there's hunts in there where I only shoot one bird or two birds, but sure. for the most part I put our bigger, better hunts in there. And, uh, just, I don't want to put out like necessarily boring content, so to speak. So I just try to, to keep the videos around 15 minutes and it started because my grandpa hunted the same area out on the river in the Mississippi where my dad and I kind of started hunting. So we started hunting out there and he wanted to kind of see, he wanted to see like where we were hunting and what it looked like. So I started doing like some little videos and he liked watching them. And then all of a sudden they just kind of, they took off. And right. I think after our first year posting videos, like, in fact, my opening day video, the very first video I ever made, it has like 40,000 views now. I got a lot of them like that first week of the season. I was not expecting that. I just made a little video for my grandpa and I talked about the channel a little bit and kind of what I want to do with it. But I was really surprised that it did so well. And then it kind of turned into like, let's just try to see what happens with this YouTube channel. So that's kind of where I am now with it. I posted for fun, a lot of stuff for fun, but uh, I like doing it too. It's it's time consuming hobby. That's for sure. Yeah. Me personally, you won't see me editing video. Like that's nothing. I mean, short of a 15 second reel on Instagram or maybe, maybe a one minute long post. That's yeah. about as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's harder when you have more cameras. Like the first year we had one or two cameras. Now it's like, I have a head cam. I have a behind the blind camera. My dad has a head cam on. I have like a, a vlog camera just to share some stuff from the hunt and get some extra footage and stuff to cut in. And uh, it can get time consuming when you have a lot more footage. I can only imagine that and just trying to get the timing right and everything else. I mean, you had another camera. It's just got to be exponential on how much more work it takes to edit. Just to go through and take out what you want a lot of times. A lot of times I'll use the audio from like my dad's head cam and I'll put it over the video of whatever video is playing. So then you have both of our audios in that. But a lot of times I just use the audio from his. I could use a recorder too, but it's nice when you can sync the video up. Sure. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I enjoy it. Well, let's talk about you. You get your grandpa and your father got you into hunting and now you're getting your son into hunting. Yeah. Yeah, he's five, and uh, he he used to watch a lot more like duck hunting videos and stuff when I would post them. He'd always come on. He want to watch them, but he likes coming like right when I get home and I'm just looking at the footage. He'll he'll come and watch that footage a lot, and okay. a lot of, like if there's something funny that happens, he cracks up. He likes it. Um, he goes scouting with me a lot in the fall for goose around the area here when I'm driving around. So we'll just go cruise around town, look for geese. Sure. Um, and so he's interested in it. But he's not, like, hooked on it yet. I took him out this year, a little field hunts. Actually, the field we shot, not all those wood ducks with the picture you saw, but the other one we shot a bunch, like, right in the morning right away. Okay. And, uh, I was in a little water hole with them, and this is, like, a spot two minutes from my house. So it was easy enough. My wife dropped him off after we all set up. He was out there for a couple hours. Uh, we had a few geese fly over, and he's like, why didn't you shoot them? I'm like, buddy, they were way too high. <laughs> they were, like, way up there, you know, like, fresh and bird. And uh, he was kind of bummed we didn't shoot anything. But, you know, you bring out snacks. You bring out his his uh, Gatorade and candy. And and he's throwing corn stalks and picking corn and stuff. So it was a, it was a fun time getting him out there. I look forward to getting him out more. Sure. Um, it can be hard because of the attention span. It's like if you're going to take him out, especially on a goose hunt, it's got to be something that worst case scenario, the wife can come and get him if she needs to. Makes sense. The nice thing, at least with waterfowl hunting, is you don't have to be quiet. Yeah, exactly. You have to sit still. I mean, he can go run around the cornfield and throw leftover corn stalks at decoys. I mean, it, as long as they're not silhouettes. I mean, if you got some heavy duty like Bigfoots, I mean, he can go throw corn stalks at him. It's not going to hurt anything. And yeah, he kept <laughs> he kept picking corn kernels off the cob, and then. So these are those little tangle-free solo 360 blinds. They fold up right around you. So my dad and I each have one, but he was picking the corn kernels off and he was throwing them over 
And he was sitting my dad and my dad didn't know what, what it was. He's like looking around for like 10 minutes and, and Beckett's over here in the blind. Like, did you see that? He's cracking up. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That's yeah. awesome. That's a nice thing. Like that's like, it took me a long time to actually start to like deer hunting. Cause I couldn't sit still and I couldn't be quiet. Like I yeah. always, every time I, for gun season, I'd just be sitting there like, I'd rather go duck hunting. Like this, <laughs> like there ain't nothing to look at. And, I granted I hunted northern Wisconsin, which yeah, doesn't good. have a huge doesn't have a huge population of deer. Um yeah. I'd see like one or two doe and I never saw a buck the whole time I was up there. Wow. Um but I'd be sitting there the whole time like I'd much rather be duck hunting. I could be sitting here playing on my phone or I don't know, we'd we'd be Stop. sitting there drinking coffee, smoking grape cigars. I mean, that's yeah. always a tradition in the drug blind for us. Yeah, yeah. my dad. My dad smokes some cigarettes, but I don't really, I don't smoke any cigars or anything, but yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's nice because you get to talk with your dad and hang out and spend time with them and, or buddies, you know, either way, right. but yeah, it's a good time. I enjoy and it's it. Cool. And it's cool that you're passing those traditions around. I mean, just oh, another yeah. generation. So now you're the fourth generation. Now you got the fourth generation going. Yep, for sure. And I, you know, I'm not going to, I won't necessarily push it too hard. My goal, I think as a dad is just a, get them out there and in it and experience it. Like my dad, uh, we butchered a deer this year in the garage and he was, he was out there watching, asking questions. I think that's important. Um, every time I bring geese home, he's asking questions about him. He wants to hold them. Uh, you know, he checks them out. He watches me clean them and stuff. And he loves eating duck. He loves eating venison all that stuff. So that's cool. I think it's important to get them in it. Otherwise it's hard to get in it. I think as you get older, because you just form these opinions about it, that, that, uh, it's just the way it is. I mean, really, in today's day and age. I would agree with that. And it's good that you're not pushing him. It's good that you're letting him take it at his own pace and keeping his interest level peaked, but not overwhelming him with it. Yeah. We do some shed hunting in the spring. Now, we usually don't find sheds. We just go for walks in the woods and stuff. Sure. So that's another fun way to get kids out there, get them out there and enjoy it. Any and, turkey hunting? Uh, I do a little turkey hunting. I just started turkey hunting. So I was a baseball coach. I re I retired from coaching baseball well, two years ago. I was just, it was so busy. I was gone every weekend from basically April 1st to mid July. I was on the road somewhere with my like U12s, U13s, U14s, just depending on what year it was I was coaching. And uh, I was never home. So I didn't do any turkey hunting until two years ago. It was my first year turkey hunting. I walked a lot. I walked a lot. Did not kill a bird. I don't even think I got close to killing a bird my first year. My actually, my first year, I had some birds scouted and I had them pegged. I would before work every day. I'd go and uh, not every day, but every few days, I would go and just hoot and call at them. And and there was a bird pegged. I had him pegged in a tree for two weeks. Every morning, he was in the same area. Well, when it's my season, guess what? I go in there. It's dead silent everywhere. There's no birds anywhere. It's like they're all gone. And I was like, what is going on with this? Well, then last year, similar situation, same piece of public land. And this is public land hunting and stuff. And uh, I have a bird that's making noise in there. Same area. It's probably the same bird, to be quite honest. I think he's just smart and he knows how to survive. And uh, two days before my season, I go in there. It's it's like midday. And I just, I just let a – I think I just started like – scratching or I, I can't remember what I was doing. I was just making noise with, tur with the turkey call. And all of a sudden the, the gobbler fires off like 150 yards off the parking lot. I'm like, what is going on? And then he's coming closer. I'm like, okay, I got to go because it wasn't my season yet. My season opened like that. I think it was open on Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Okay. It was like the Sunday before on a Sunday before my season opened, this turkey was going wild a hundred yards from the parking lot. And then when it's time to go kill him on Wednesday or whatever day it is, He's nowhere to be found and silent. It's like, come on, dude. Crickets. Crickets all around. Crickets. Got a little closer last year. I filmed a nice turkey hunt with my buddy on a golf course. Uh, it's a bow only area. So it was a bow hunt. Run out of a blind. And the golf course was shut down uh, last year because of COVID. Okay. So we were turkey hunting. This it just, I mean, it wasn't cut. It was like an abandoned golf course almost. It was pretty cool. And he shot, he shot a nice time with his bow in there. And I got a nice video of that. That was a cool video. One of my favorite videos I've ever made just because I was only videoing. I wasn't like also hunting. Sure. I could really focus on the actual video. 
And I mean, just from the time of the editing of that, it just shows that you have a passion for the videography of it all. Yeah. And like my, my duck hunts, they're nothing special. I don't, I'm not like, fil- I, cause I'm filming with a head cam mostly. But sure. I've learned some tricks where uh, it doesn't make stuff look as far away. I film in like a really high resolution and then I, I can zoom in and crop in on a lot more stuff. So it doesn't look like the normal GoPro footage. I can get some pretty close shots with it actually. But, so it doesn't look like everyone's sky busting when they're like 15 yards away, but they look 150 yards away. Yeah, they look they they don't look that far away. They still look there's still a little bit of GoPro, you know, stretch sure. there. They look much better than I think a lot of other like GoPro videos look. Nice. So, nice. And the one I on my blind, I shoot in like I shoot in like 4K so that I can really crop it in. And then I can almost like follow birds coming into the decoys and stuff too with that. So oh sure. Cool. And editing, from editing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so I coach baseball, so I just got in turkey hunting a few years ago. I'm, I'm, I want to, looking forward to kill my first bird, and I want my first one to be killed on public land. Like I just like hunting public land. Very nice. You gonna do it with a bow or a gun? Uh, I'll, I'll do it with a gun first, and then I, I'll probably want to kill a few with a gun on public land before I try to take the bow out, unless I hunt in a private field and I know there's a lot of birds around. Then I would take my bow for sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, turkey hunting has never been a huge passion of mine. It's just nothing that I've really gotten into. By spring, I've got the itch to go fishing so hard. It's like, yeah, I hear you, and I don't really fish that much. So sure. Well, you haven't. You didn't have time with baseball, right? I never had time with baseball, and I shoot a lot of archery. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be gone, I'm usually shooting archery. Do you still do competitions? Then do you do you do yeah, target shooting? Local uh, like field archery events. Um, I shoot a local like spots, um, cam kettle Marine field archery league has a lot of like spot shoots in the, in the winter inside. And then they do a, a field league in the summer and field league is just a spot target on their dots. And I do almost all of those shoots. I try to shoot almost all of them every year. There's probably like five or six in the summer. And then right. I'll shoot some three D's here and there. Some like three D shoots here and there just for fun. Nice. So, I mean, you still are, you're still have a vested interest in archery, even though you don't use it to hunt. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I spend a lot of money there too. <laughs> I mean, everybody, yeah, I just, it's, it's a, it's a hobby. I've just, even though like I don't pick up my bow from September. I mean, last year I didn't, I put my bow down September, like probably August 20 something. And I didn't pick it up again until probably January when did the season end? Like January 6th was my first league night. It was my first time I shot in a long time. Nice. Yeah. Kind of back. Everyone else shoots league to stay in practice for hunting. You shoot it as, as something fun to do to take up time before duck hunting. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. It's basically, that's what I do from January to mid August, you know? Sure. But yeah. I enjoy it. It's fun. All right, I've got three questions I've asked all my other guests, so I'm going to ask you two. It's, they're easy, right? If you could hunt one place, where would you hunt? Like, what's your dream destination? Nebraska, waterfall. Nebraska? Yeah. In spring for snow geese or in fall for, for fall ducks? for ducks. All right. Yeah, yep. Nebraska for ducks. Or maybe Kansas for ducks, but either one of those two states. So you want to go to the middle? Interesting. Like in December, yeah. Interesting. Like for me, like also like timber, like I've like, that's always been a goal of mine to go hunt legitimate timber. Yeah. We do a little timber hunts, uh, on the river, especially when the water's up. Sure. Into a few little timber hunts. Like we had one kind of a cool timber hunt this year. We shot seven or eight birds in it. Um, it was a little pond back in the timber, but they still got to come in and drop in through the trees. It's pretty cool. It was nice. But yeah, I, I, uh, I have a buddy who has another YouTube channel and he kills a lot of ducks out there. So I think one of these years I'm just going to go out there for like three or four days. Sure. And uh, in December, try to shoot some mallards with them. Some nice green heads when they got some good color on them. Yeah. Mallards and pintail. Like to shoot a pintail out there. Maybe. <laughs> have you got a pintail yet? I've shot a hen before. No, right. no pintails. Oh, it's kind of interesting where we hunt. We shoot teal, wood ducks and mallards. And uh, every once in a while, we'll shoot a gaddy or a or a widgeon or a pintail hen, but that's pretty rare. It seems like for some reason, just the area that we hunt most. 
Sure. So you never stumped, never got into a lucky flock of them on the Mal on the Mississippi then? No, we haven't. Not yet. I'm sure it'll happen. It will, because uh, I shot a gorgeous drake on the Mississippi. Pool, pool, pool eight. That's awesome. Yeah, so we hunt more timber. Like, we hunt a lot more timber spots. Um, we kind of like Ferryville. Okay. That area, you know, that's a lot of timber in there. I mean, there's old, more open stuff, too. But just that we always, like, end up in the timber, it seems like, because we find mallards in there or something. Sure. Yeah. That and it's timber. Timber draws – well, timber would draw me as a duck hunter, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we, we end up in those spots a lot. All right, second question. What species is on your bucket list? Is it a duck? Is it a different animal altogether? So you said my dream hunt. So my dream waterfall hunt would be to hunt mallards in Nebraska. I'd really like to elk hunt. All right. I would do an elk hunt, but I'm a teacher, and I don't get, like, vacation days. So, like, where I teach, we start middle of August, and that's the beginning of the school year. We get two personal days a year. So I can't like just take a week off to go elk hunt. Sure. Um, and usually like peak bow hunting elk season is like late August to October, right? Somewhere around there. Right. Something like that. Cause yeah. I've never done it either. And I don't have any like random breaks. Like I get winter break off, you know, I get spring break off. I get summer, we get, you know, eight weeks in summer off, but I don't have that stretch in the fall where I can just go and try to kill an elk. Um, so that would be that would be a dream hunt. So I'm gonna have to wait until I retire to do that one. Have you looked? I don't know. I haven't either. But have you looked north, like northern Canada or Alaska, to see if any of their earlier? Yeah. Accidents. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder when they open in like in in Canada. I wonder if it's early August. Yeah. I wonder if you could sneak a hunt in before school would start. Yeah, that would be ideal. And I've thought about it, but I feel like our school keeps starting earlier and earlier. We used to start like in the mid 20s of august now we're in like the teens we're starting in like the teens so they're making it more difficult on you yeah i know i could like save up personal days for a few years and then maybe take like a four-day trip but to spend that money to go elk hunting that'd be tough to do especially yeah. with a, i would use a bow i'd, I'd want to use a bow for that sure makes yeah. sense and then last question favorite tradition your favorite hunting tradition favorite hunting tradition um, I love going out to where we hunt on the Mississippi river All right, we camp. So we're always camping. So that's like my favorite thing to do out there is to get out there and camp. I always look forward to that every year, just as much almost as the hunting. Sure. Just getting out there and camping. We camp, I bet you we camp 10, I don't know, maybe 10 to 12 weekends a year or, or some days I'll take like an extra, I'll use one of my personal days, you know, make it a long weekend or. Veterans Day, sometimes, you know, we'll do that. But um, I just like getting out to the river and camping and hunting. It's fun. That's nice. my favorite. Nice. And that's a good one you can pass down, too. I mean, start bringing your son when he gets a little older and it's not boring for him anymore. And Right. Yeah. Or you can just come out and spend the weekend with us. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. For sure. Well, anything left you want to say? Anybody you want to thank? Uh, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to check out the YouTube channel, it is called Somewhere in Wisconsin. And if you just search Somewhere in Wisconsin on YouTube, it'll come up there. I'm also on Instagram, Somewhere in Wisconsin, TikTok, Somewhere in Wisconsin, and our Facebook group called Midwest Waterfall Flyway. It's a group. There's also a page, but I joined the group. And then last but not least, I'm also on Facebook as Somewhere in Wisconsin as well. Very nice. Real easy to find you then. And then yep. If you're on TikTok, I saw that video of them geese dropping in with you guys popping up. That is yeah. something to go look up. I mean, that video, that little 10 sec, that, that, them are the videos I can get behind, man. That's got my attention span. It's just a perfect. That was cool. Those mallards were, uh, there, I did a mallard video on there too. That's also, I don't know if I ever showed that one, but it's a cool video. Very nice. Well, Chase, I appreciate you coming on the show. Everyone for else, thank you very much for tuning in for the third episode. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, in fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, in fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle in Finn 
on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. All right. Hold on one second. 